So last week I talked about how I enjoy Senate hearings. And my immediate thought was like, whoa, I'm a boring person who does boring things and I have a boring life. But then, you know, I think anything that pretends to be one thing and then is another thing has sort of an inherent entertainment to it as you scrape away the layers of the onion and try to find the truth therein. Uh, this week they did a Senate hearing and it was the CEOs of social media companies. And it was supposed to be about harming children. And this was, to me, a pretty significant issue. This is an important thing. If social media is found to be harming children, children should be protected. I think that's a pretty fair thing. I immediately thought about how if you really wanted to turn this whole Senate hearing on its head, the first step would be if a social media company is responsible for a child's harm as a result of these whole social media. This is primarily online bullying. So kids use a social media site to bully another kid. That other kid harms themselves. The social media company is responsible. If we take that, that was the Senate's stance in the way they were primarily attacking these CEOs. I don't have a lot of sympathy for CEOs. If you've listened to a bunch of the most recent C. McBees, I'm not a pro-CEO kind of guy. I don't mind if these guys get their comeuppance. But I also have the same feeling towards politicians. So I was like, uh, first thought is, how do I turn the Senate hearing on its head? If the CEO of a social media company is responsible for the harm committed by a user towards another user, would not therefore then, would not then therefore, would not therefore a gun manufacturer president be responsible for the harm of a gun being caused by one user towards in a very broad sense, the end user of the weapon. Now, because most of the people attacking this were Republicans, and they're very pro-gun, anti-social media. It's an interesting dichotomy, because if social media is dangerous, guns are dangerous. And then what is more viscerally factual sort of in your face? Because what they're talking about is the possibility, again, harm and mental wellness and stuff. They're suddenly pretending to care about that. It's interesting. Whenever they try to argue against gun control, they talk about mental health. But mental health in America would fall under the purview of socialism because it would have to be a government program. I suppose states could do it, but then it would still be like taxes go towards the health care of people. They, they need to come a long way before they can resolve that dichotomy. I don't think I use the word dichotomy correctly anymore. I think I just use it whenever I mean something that doesn't agree with something else. That might be the correct definition. I had a couple cocktails at lunch. Had a bad day at work yesterday. Came home, had a couple cocktails. Woke up, did a News News Japan. Completely sober. If you listen to the two episodes, you probably might notice a difference in the way I talk. One, I'm now leaning way forward into the microphone and my eyes are about half open right now. Whereas in the uh, Ninja News Japan, I'm fully aware and trying to, trying, to, trying to actually do a good job. Not to say I'm not trying to do a good job now. I just uh, don't care as much. 
I kind of I kind of wanted to just talk about happy stuff. No, whatever. So what I actually was interested in in the Senate hearing is how the Senate hearing is about child safety and how little they talk about child safety. They really ran Zuckerberg through the ringer on this one, which I found that kind of interesting. But we get to uh, Mr. Chu. He's the CEO of TikTok. And I kind of like this guy. I don't know if TikTok is good or bad. I'm pretty sure it's bad. I think all these things are bad. But I think of the tech CEOs, I don't know if he's the best one, but he's probably the smartest one or the one I would most be amenable to speaking with. It's very hard to say. It's just the way he handles himself in these things is interesting. So I thought it'd be interesting if we went through just a couple of minutes of the most famous bits of testimony that have absolutely nothing to do with child safety. I think they then had a lawsuit and it was overturned. I, I can't remember the No, details. no, it, it's it another was company. the Biden administration that reversed those sanctions, just like, by the way, they reversed the terrorist designation on the Houthi te- Houthis in Yemen. How's that working out for them? Do enjoy. So this is Senator Cotton. He's a Republican. He has now taken one issue unrelated to child safety, connected it to a second separate unrelated issue to child safety to try to take a shot at the Biden administration. Not a terrible thing to do. I mean, again, I don't really have any feelings one way or the other, but um, none of what was just said has anything to do with child safety. But it was sanctioned as a Chinese communist military company. So that's interesting because this is the opening of the door to where he's going because he wants to, just like in the last hearing, they wanted to prove that uh, I think ByteDance was a member, since it's a, a Chinese company, that then equates to TikTok, which I believe they're partners or one's like the, the parent company or something. TikTok is basically based in Singapore. Mr. Chu is based in Singapore. He's Singaporean. But they desperately want to connect him to China so they can then say that TikTok is a Chinese communist uh, conspiracy, something like that. And then they can attack him on that front. Still has nothing to do with child safety. So you said today, as you often say, that you live in Singapore. You said today, as you often say, you live in Singapore. It's going to be surprisingly self-evident as to where someone lives. Because it's going to be the place they go to most often. I would say that is pretty much the definition of where you live. So it's not like a supposedly. It's not like a possibility. And I am, what I want is the person who's being harangued on one of these Senate hearings to talk back or explain what the disingenuous senators are doing and see how they react. Because if you pointed it out, I think, again, this puts it all on display. Really, all these Senate hearings are about let's make speeches on behalf of my party to try to gain political points. They don't often seem to be trying to solve any actual problems. Of what nation are you a citizen? Pretty self-evident. You would actually know that going into this if you were smart. Singapore. Are you a citizen of any other nation? No, Senator. Have you ever applied for Chinese citizenship? Senator, I serve my nation in Singapore. No, I did not. 
So that's pretty definitive. Uh, he says he served his nation. What he's actually saying is that Singapore has two years mandatory military service. He's done military service in Singapore. Uh, Korea has the same thing. There's a few other countries that have the same thing. It's a pretty significant commitment if you literally go into the military for your country and then to turn around and accuse him of being a a Chinese communist agent. I mean, it's, I'm not to say it's impossible, but uh, Mr. Cotton, the Republican representative here, he's stuck with thinking that if he keeps asking directed questions that eventually Chu will make a mistake, but Mr. Chu is not, he's just going to say no, even if he's lying, even if it's not true. He's smart enough to go, no, I'm not a Chinese citizen. Do you have a Singaporean passport? Yes, and I served my military for two, two and a half ha- years in Singapore. Do you, have any other, do you have any other passports from any other nations? No, Senator. Your wife is an American citizen, your children are American citizens. That's have correct. You, have you ever applied for American citizenship? Not, no, not yet. See, Mr. Cotton believes that, you know, everyone wants to be American. Everyone, given the opportunity, would become American. He doesn't realize there's a broader view in the world that maybe the American passport isn't quite as valuable as you might think it'd be. Okay. (laughs) That okay, I love. I find that one of the more satisfying aspects of this whole thing. Mm, Okay. I asked you a bunch of questions. You said no to all of them. Pretty pretty effective deflection. I wasn't ready for that. Uh, I actually kind of want to go back and hear that little okay again. No, not yet. Have you ever been a member of the Chinese Communist Party? Even if he was, he knows enough, he's smart enough to say no. Senator, I'm Singaporean. No. Have you ever been associated or affiliated with the Chinese Communist Party? No, Senator. Again, I'm Singaporean. Let me ask you some hopefully simple questions. You said earlier... In the thing, if you're listening to the audio version, uh, Mr. Chu, the CEO of TikTok, is basically laughing at this point. He's like, this is ridiculous. How do you keep saying like, you're saying vaguely different things in the hopes that at one point I'll mess up and go, yes, I am. Oh no, no, I'm not. No, no, you got me. I'm a communist. In response to your question that what happened at Tiananmen Square in June of 1989 was a massive protest. Anything else happened in Tiananmen Square? Yes, I think it's well documented. There was a massacre. (laughs) I love that. I think it's well documented. Like we all know what happened. Even though it's like Chinese state media leaked out, we all know what happened in Tiananmen Square. It's well documented. So he was really hoping he would deny the massacre, and he just comes out and says, there's a massacre. Tiananmen Square in June, Chinese Communist Party? No, Senator. Again, I'm Singaporean. Let me ask you some hopefully simple questions. You said earlier... Hopefully simple questions. The sarcasm that everyone puts on is amazing. I actually think that is one of the reasons I enjoy Senate hearings is because these guys do sarcasm, but they're not actually good at sarcasm. In response to your question that what happened at Tiananmen Square in June of 1989 was a massive protest. Anything else happened in Tiananmen Square? Yes, I think it's well documented. There was a massacre. Uh, there was an yeah. indiscriminate slaughter of hundreds or thousands. So Mr. Chu has just said there was a massacre, and he's trying to reiterate it like he didn't just say that. Let me ask you this. Joe Biden last year said that Xi Jinping was a dictator. Do you agree with Joe Biden? Is Xi Jinping a dictator? Senator, I'm not going to comment on any world leaders. What? It is interesting that he says he will not disparage any world leader. And he's not going to disparage any world leader because that would actually make it harder for him to sell his product, TikTok in this case, in that country. And he's not going to cut off a billion potential customers to satisfy one senator in America. Now on to lighter news. I don't know if this has turned into a new show. 
I don't really know what I'm doing anymore. Since I've had cocktails, this is kind of drunk news. I had some, you know, good stuff set up. I'm wondering if I'm doing a disservice by doing it in this state of mind, if I should just talk about something else that's a bit sillier. Uh, This, (laughs) fuck me, it's science fiction. It's science fiction and it's terrifying. A Chinese lab has created a mutation of the coronavirus. It's called GX underscore P2V. Already, what the fuck? Guys, come on. You have the coronavirus, and you're like, let's let's mutate that and see what we can do. I mean, they're. I understand they're not going to go as simplistic as just straight up calling it the T virus, but why would you make a new mutated strain of coronavirus? The more terrifying aspect of this new mutated strain of coronavirus that they created in this Chinese lab was. It causes 100% death in humanized mice. So then we get to the second, what the fuck? What the fuck are humanized mice? Uh, Are we killing Stuart Little? Is Stuart Little running around in a little little cage? And then the Chinese scientists are coming up like, hey, we have this new coronavirus. Would you like to take it? And Stuart Little being innocent goes, oh, yes, I'd love to help out. And then they give it to him, and then he gets sick and dies because it has a 100% death rate. Why would you want to create a virus with a 100% death rate? This is bad science fiction writing science fiction. Like, when they talk about anything in science fiction, they always have to, it has to be, like, perfect 100% murder, death stuff. T-virus infects 98% or 99% of the people and they turn into zombies and then the like few 1% mutate into a higher species or something. That's not a good idea. I mean, from any aspect, scientifically, it's not a good idea. Economically, it's not a good idea. If you were a company president, it's not a good idea. Don't, don't do that. Stuart Little. I have a thing. I actually have no problem with killing Stuart Little. Stuart Little is a piece of shit, and I hope he dies. Um, the reason, though, is back when I was young, I went to San Jose, and I went. I flew down to San Jose from Vancouver uh, for a job fair, and I actually had been lied to by a recruiter. So the recruiter said, come on down. We'll be able to get you a job. Of course, it's not that simple. So I fly on down, call the recruiter. I'm like, I'm here. And they're like, what? I'm like, I'm here. You said if I came down, you'd be able to get me a job. Recruiter then just ghosts me. So I'm going around San Jose trying to find some something. But the, the level of depression is super deep at this point. Then the second day, I'm only in there. I'm only in San Jose for like three, four days because I was supposed to be, in my mind, doing a series of interviews like day after day after day. Did not happen. The second day, there's a, a, a chemical plant that has a leak. The chemical leak, we get a message with the motel, not fancy hotel stuff because I'm poor. We get a message in the motel that we're not really allowed to go outside anymore. So I have to stay inside a motel. Now, this is back when HBO was a new channel. HBO at that time, basically for about 24 hours, would put on two or three movies on repeat. So when within the order of 26, 30, 40 hours, I don't know, however long I was essentially locked in that room so that I wouldn't go outside into the toxic wasteland that was America and get poisoned to death, 
I watched Stuart Little multiple times. Weirdly, I can remember very few details about Stuart Little. I don't know a lot about what happened to Stuart Little, despite the fact that I can honestly say I've seen it at least four times, probably five or six. I know that my brain has reorganized itself, so I've put a block on the time that Stuart Little existed. So as far as I'm concerned, Stuart Little is only pain. It's only suffering. Stuart Little, if it had never existed, I think my life would be better somehow. So I blame, weirdly, Stuart Little for most of my problems. But back to China. GX underscore P2V, a a corona-related virus found in a Malaysian Panagolian, Panagolins in 2017. So they're hunting around. They find Panagolins. These are these cute little bird things, if I'm correct. Actually, I'm going to look that up to make sure I'm not just talking out my butt. My butt does do a lot of talking, though. Sorry, it's a little armadillo-like thing. So I need to back up. In 2017, I thought they were little birds. In 2017, fuck. In 2017, these Chinese scientists found in Malaysian pangolins a new virus. And they're like, we're going to take that virus. It's like a cousin to coronavirus. We're going to mutate it, fuck with it a little bit. And we're going to make it so that it kills every humanized mouse it ever encounters. 100%. And then we're going to make it the freakiest fucking science fiction we can make. All infected mice died within eight days. Why? Okay. Why are you hunting for armadillo-like animals and extracting stuff and trying to see what viruses they have. Why? This is maybe a question of science. Like, There are lots of things that I can understand. Why do we do something? It seems um, difficult to comprehend to the average layman like myself. I'm a layman. I don't understand a lot of stuff. I'm kind of dumb. Let's find new viruses and mess around with them so that they are designed to kill everybody seems like bad science it's again i think we've gotten to the bad guy in a james bond film level of ridiculousness when we've hit that stage all infected humanized mice still freaks me out every time i say that word humanized mouse died within eight days their eyes became completely white the day before they died which is literally the most science fiction shit you can get. It's almost like the Chinese government went to these scientists and were like, find a disease that is the most sci-fi thing, horror movie shit you could ever find, and make it real. Why? Again, nothing. I don't know. (laughs) There is a gentleman, Francois Balois. He's the University College of London Genetics Institute, said... I can see nothing of value or interest that could be learned from force infecting a weird breed of humanized mice with a random virus. Now, when I say it, it doesn't have a great deal of impact. This guy, it does. He, he, he studies this stuff. He's dead serious about viruses. And he's like, I don't see the point. When I say I don't see the point, you're like, well, chunk beef chest. You're too stupid to see the point. Well, I can actually have it backed up this time by saying, no, this guy, Francois, he doesn't see the point. Me and Francois, we're on the same page, and he's smart. 
Conversely, I could see how such stuff might go wrong, which is the most apocalyptic statement a geneticist could make. And then this this severely fuels the conspiracy theory. So like I heard about all the theories at the beginning of the coronavirus pandemic, that it was a virus designed to kill off old people to stem the aging population in China or Japan or something like that, that it was designed to kill people to a degree. If you have a disease and now you've made it that it's 100% fatal to humanized mice, it's really fueling that conspiracy theory a little bit more. And you might, just as a general thing, maybe just PR, not want to do that. Feel bad stories. Maybe that's where we are today. The other story that caught my interest this week was a 40-year-old Englishman was in Thailand. And you know what 48-year-old Englishmen in Thailand do. They have a good time. So he's living the life. And then, of course, like every 48-year-old man who doesn't have a job and is just in Thailand, he ran out of money. So he calls up his family and he says, Hey, can you send me more money? And his family's like, fuck off. That's the short version. I don't know how the actual conversation went, but I'm betting it was something. I, they're British, so piss off might have been more the phraseology they chose. So of course what he did was just packed it up and he went home and he got a job and he lived a quiet life or he could do something more exciting. He could pretend he got kidnapped and then it tried to extort his family for money. Now, before I continue with the story, can you think of all the ways this could go wrong? Because <laughs> I did. Reading the title of the article, I was like, I can see how this does not work out for him. Because if you are a 48-year-old man and you spend your time in Thailand partying, you haven't really sort of set a stabilized aspect of your life so that you look towards future consequences. That's what I'm going to say. I'm going to predict that for this man. He really committed to the plan, though. And that's actually something I complain about criminals on Indonesia Japan, not committing to the plan or not following through or not doing all the things. This guy, he did it. So he has three friends, and he has those three friends beat the shit out of him so he has bruises and stuff all over his face. If you're one of this guy's friends... This is probably the best night you've had in a while. It's like, hey, we got this guy. He's a, he's in the friend group. I don't know if he's a friend, but he's in the friend group. And he just literally asked us to beat the shit out of him. So he looks like he's been kidnapped. And I would be like, you know what? I'm on board. I'm going to call Dave. I'm going to call everyone else. We're going to show up. We're going to beat this guy up. It's going to be a great night. We're going to have some cocktails after. Then they need to pose as gangsters and demand money for his release. So they do some FaceTime videos, they record some videos they send to his family of him looking beat up with guys in the background saying he's been kidnapped, send money, or they're going to finish him off. The family does what I would consider the most logical and obvious next step, which our gentleman friend, the hero of the story, had not considered. They called the police the police then call Interpol because this is an international police issue because it's between multiple countries. Interpol, I don't know enough about them in real life, but I know what I've seen in movies and they do not fuck around. <laughs> Actually, most of the Interpol movies are a bit ridiculous, so I bet that's not very realistic. I spend a lot of, they spend probably a lot of time on computers following money trails and stuff like that. But realistically, 
when Interpol says we need a SWAT team, strike team or something, uh, I bet they get what they want and it's pretty hardcore. So the family is called the police. The Interpol then track him down at a hotel. They don't say what that means. I would be interested to know what that means. Uh, maybe his credit card uh, where he was staying. They have a strike team and breach the door. Now, when you use the word breach as opposed to break down or kick in, you know there was a small explosive involved, which, again, I, I do love. I love that how far this has gotten out of hand with him not even realizing. At this point, the guy's in the room. He thinks, my family's going to send money any day now, and we're going to be able to keep partying for however long, and then I'll just do it again. I'll just recycle my kidnapping scheme. My family keeps sending money. They'll never catch on because he thinks they're as dumb as he is. The police breach the door. They do not find him kidnapped. They find him drinking and doing drugs with the supposed kidnappers, who are all his friends. Uh, The arrests are going to include illegal firearms. So they actually had guns, which was surprising. Illegal ammunition, a variety of drugs, possession of drugs, doing drugs, whatnot, and expired visas. <laughs> Most likely, he's actually just going to get deported to the UK. The interesting thing to me is now to think about the aftermath of this. So he's been deported to the So he's faked his kidnapping. He's been arrested by Interpol, who's probably going to charge him, if not for a crime, for the money that it costs to you know get the strike team and save him from his fake kidnapping. He has to go home to his family because I'm going to guarantee this guy doesn't have his own place. He doesn't have a job. He doesn't have, he's not taking care of himself. He was using other people's money to go party in Thailand. He's 48 years old. He's not got a handle on his life. He's not, you know, figured out how the world works, especially because he thought this scheme would work in 2024. I'm trying to imagine, I don't know his family, the first night home where he's having dinner realistically they should probably disown him and not let him in but they've obviously like fostered this kind of behavior in the past so i actually bet he comes home for dinner that night which is just off the chain this is like just buck wild stuff now i I make conclusion i didn't write a conclusion doing multiple stories i want to i want a conclusion that ties them all together so this is going to be a new skill i'm gonna have to work on and i shouldn't work on it on four drinks Let's put it that way. Senate hearings need to be focused on the actual issue at hand. Don't make viruses that are going to kill everybody on the planet. And don't fake your own kidnapping. Is that where I am? That's a very weird place to be. And here we are. This is where we are in the world. So having heard that, though, at least you know you can do better. And if you're feeling like you're not doing a good job, you didn't fake your own kidnapping this week. You didn't create a virus that could potentially kill the entire planet this week. And you didn't do a fucking weird Senate hearing where you didn't even focus on the issues this week when you're just like political grandstanding. You woke up and you did your job and you tried to be a good person and you tried to live your life. And I appreciate you. I don't appreciate senators who are just political grandstanding. I don't appreciate scientists who are creating mega viruses that are going to kill everybody. And I don't appreciate fake kidnappings.